Hello, world, and welcome to Extra Shot with Alicia Fernandez-Miranda. That's me, author of my What If Year, ex-CEO, sometimes intern, coffee-obsessed mom. Extra Shot is a podcast, a talk show, an advice column. It's that and more, but really, it's about bringing some energy, enthusiasm, and insight into your day. Join me and my incredible friends, authors, actors, activists, and even other people whose jobs do not start with the letter A, for a half hour of laughs and delight. Because we all need an extra shot of something. 16 years ago this week, in front of 236 of my closest friends and family, I got married. I was 25 years old. I was so excited and bright-eyed. It was November in Miami. The weather was beautiful. I married my first serious boyfriend, and it was 2007. The world was completely different, and I was completely different. And I'm telling you this because we're going to have a fun little game with Carlos, my wonderful husband of 16 years, after the interview today. But, you know, sometimes people ask me, like, what have you learned in 16 years of marriage? Actually, nobody really asks me that, but I'm posing the question because I want to tell you. The answer is almost nothing. I mean, I have learned a few things, like it's not worth getting mad over the stupid stuff, that I can pretty much guarantee that a well-timed Star Trek toy will cover all manner of sins, and also that I don't know anything at all. But I'm so excited to be celebrating my anniversary this week. And so the whole theme of today's episode is love. And so let me introduce you to my interview guest today. 20-year-old Carrie Burke was being born around the time I graduated college, but she already has a life's worth of accomplishments under her belt. She wears many hats, too many really for me to go through, uh, or else it would take the whole podcast. I'm going to give you just a few of the incredible things she's done. So she is a verified content creator, which means if you didn't know that she creates content across many social media platforms, including TikTok, where she has almost 4 million followers, and then Snapchat, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, I mean, probably other ones that I'm not cool enough to have heard of yet. And she's got a combined monthly engagement of more than 100 million, which is just completely wild to me in a great way. Carrie is also currently a reporter and contributing writer for the New York Post, Page Six, HuffPost, Newsweek, Decider, and more on topics ranging from beauty and style to celebrity and sports. She is studying journalism in college right now, but she's also been a best-selling children's book author with more titles to her credit than years she has been alive. Her solo debut book, which is really the reason I wanted to have her on today, just came out in September. It's called My Real Life Rom-Com, and it is just an authentic story of being young and in love. It's for teenage girls, but it's kind of also for their moms. We'll talk about that in the interview. And in addition to that, okay, she's been an actress. She's an avid runner who has run the New York City Marathon. And she is a dedicated anti-bullying activist and advocate for mental health awareness. Carrie is so impressive. And I hope you love our chat. Now stay tuned afterward, because then you're going to get to hear my anniversary present to my husband, who was desperate to come on the podcast. And we will play a little version of the newlywed game hosted by our very own maid of honor 16 years ago, Natalie Jordy, the owner of the Hotel Peter and Paul in New Orleans. 
And as you may know, if you've read my What If Year, uh, depending on who you ask, Carlos is the unsung hero or villain of that book. I prefer sung hero. I think he gets a lot of credit, as he should, because he is an incredible man. So listen to us uh, try to stump each other and see how much we actually know about each other. Actually, we don't really try to stump each other. It's more like a friendly challenge game. You'll have to wait and see to hear how we do. And please don't forget, I am taking off very shortly to the U.S. where I've got a bunch of events happening. I'm going to be in New York, in Palm Beach, in Miami. And if you can't make any of those, but you still want to hang out, please go to my website and learn more about my Scottish Adventure Retreat that I am running in October of 2024. And all of that can be found at www. Do I still have to say that? I'm going to say it anyway. www.aliciafmiranda.com Dot com. I've really just shown my age. And uh, now let's hear a 20-year-old because I think you're going to need something to refresh you after that. Carrie Burke, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you here. And I promised when I told my husband I was interviewing you, I showed him your book and everything. And he said, do not spend the whole time talking about how old you are in comparison to her. So I'm going to try really hard not to do that. Oh, <laughs> but I started with the bucket hat, which you're wearing. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will be able to see it. I might have to share a picture because you look so cute, but I love the branded swag for your book. So congratulations on my real life rom-com, which just came out. Thank you. It's all been really exciting. I've been wearing this bucket hat around. My phone case is like the book cover. <gasps> oh, so I'm kind it. of like branded all over the place this month. As I would expect an influencer with 3.8 million TikTok followers or however many you have to be, you're like on <laughs> brand, right? Which is amazing. So I went through, I did a lot of reading about you. And for someone who is 20, your resume is incredibly full. You have been an author before writing books with your mom, a blogger, an influencer, an activist, which I definitely want to talk about some of your work around bullying and an actor as well. So... Uh, I kind of want to start by asking you, like, is there one of those roles that you feel most connected to? Or do you feel like it is your life to be all of those things at once? So I feel like I've tried a lot of different things growing up and I've learned what I like, what I don't like, just kind of exploring whatever I'm passionate about at a particular point in my life. I think I've always just returned to writing. Writing feels like home to me. My ultimate end game is to be a journalist. So I think that's definitely the one I'm most connected to. I love memoir writing like I just did with my real life rom-com, but ultimately end game for me would be a journalist for a magazine or newspaper. That's what I'm studying in college right now. So I always return to there. There's no more acting. There's no more vlogging. Okay. Like those are parts <laughs> of growing up. But right now, like I'm really kind of on that path to being a journalist. I think that's amazing. I And so you grew up, your mom was a writer. You grew up writing. You did writing with her. And I'm interested because I always think it's fascinating when kids decide to pursue a similar line of work as their parents and not uh, like what I did, which was do the complete opposite thing. <laughs> what was it like working with your mom? And also, how has it been working on this book on your own? Oh, it was great. I feel like I grew up watching her passion for writing really take flight every single day. I would watch her type away at her computer as I was like sitting on the couch, just really inspired by her. And that's why we did children's books together for so long. I feel like we shared that passion. I learned about 
writing in school and I fell in love with it myself. I think now as a 20 year old, I'm really trying to come into my own as a writer. I'm really grateful for her mentorship, but I think right now I'm, I'm finding my own voice as a writer through college, through writing this book. So I know she's always in my corner if I need her there for advice, but I feel like this type of writing, this type of journalism is unique to me. And that's something really special because I feel like for so long, I've just tried to step out of her shadow. And now I'm really kind of making a name for myself in this industry. I love it. And I think your voice really shines through in your writing, which is just fabulous. So I want to talk about the book and your writing and your process. But first, I have to ask you about TikTok, which is a platform that I am not on and you are very popular on. My brother works for TikTok. So he's constantly trying to get me to go on TikTok. Uh But I, so I would like to know, imagine you are trying to convince a seasoned middle-aged woman like myself about the (laughs) merits of the platform. What would you say to someone like me who's terrified of TikTok? It's a community. I mean, unlike other platforms where you see, you know, things are kind of filtered or very like put together. TikTok is really like a playground. You can play around, you can post any video you really want in any niche, anything has the potential to go viral. So I think that's what makes TikTok really special. You just can play around whatever you want. It tends to be a really positive platform as well. I've experienced bullying on there before, mm-hmm. but I think in general, like TikTok has comment filters set in place that really are in support of their creators to try and block out the bad comments. It's this global community. Everyone can add to a trending hashtag and jump on each other. It's just a really special platform. And it also gives you an opportunity to build a business for people like me who I was never like a social media person. I liked posting on Instagram, but I was never an influencer. When I started posting on TikTok, I realized that it could become a business or a side hustle. And you know, when my parents weren't monetizing during the pandemic, like mm-hmm. I was their 18-year-old daughter. So it was kind of crazy to see how That's that worked. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, I'm coming around. I'm coming around. That was a very good argument. Thank um, you. <laughs> you know, so you're you're kind of growing up creating this content about your life, like basically in front of a camera. And I am really interested with what you said about the kind of unfiltered nature of TikTok. And so, you know, I feel like I would have been terrified to share that with people when I was 20 or 19, because I was a hot mess back then and occasionally now. But when you, you know, how do you feel looking back at, you know, now you've had this kind of documentation of a lot of your coming of age and growing up. How do you feel when you look back now at things you might've said or thought uh, or done when you were younger? I'm very grateful that I grew up in the age of social media because it's really a highlight reel. It preserves my memories. So I enjoy looking back on it. I think at the same time, I'm also a normal 20-year-old girl and I keep some stuff in my life private. Mm. And it's important to set those boundaries. I think when I was first blowing up on TikTok, I was unfamiliar and I didn't know how to set boundaries. I thought every single thing in my life just had to be documented online for other people to see. Because I thought, you know, I have this platform, I have a responsibility to be a role model for people, to be someone that other people look up to. But I've slowly learned that at the same time, I have to take care of myself and I have to keep these boundaries in place. So if there's a day where I'm not feeling social media now, I just don't do it. And I don't think too much about it. So it's it's a learning curve, I think. Yeah. How long have you, how long have you been on TikTok for kind of producing content? Since the pandemic. So 2020. Okay. So you were, and that's right, you graduated during the pandemic, right? Yeah. I mean, that must have 
sucked. I'm so sorry that that happened. Were there, were there positive (laughs) things about that at all? Mm. Yeah, I wrote my book. (laughs) So your book was a pandemic project for you. Yes. My book started off during the pandemic, kind of carried on into the year after, but I just, I was feeling so unproductive and sad and anxious during the pandemic. I turned to writing to help pick me up. And Mm. it reminded me that when the pandemic ended, I would have this thing that's, you know, a symbol of how far I come with my anxiety, with Know, everything going on in the world, I used it and I used it as fuel to better myself, to turn pain into passion. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what happened. Oh, so. look how cute it is. It's so freaking cute. The cover is like the cutest thing I've ever seen. I also <laughs> want it as my phone case. I might do that too. So, okay, well, let's get into the book. So tell everybody a little bit about my real life rom-com and what it's about. Yeah, so this is my real life rom-com. I mean, look at that. We're going to put that picture on uh, the post as well because it's just... This was shot... The cover was shot by the amazing Nigel Barker. He did such a good job on this cover. America's Next Top Model legend. I did see that (laughs) in an article. I was like, kind of a mess. So yeah, my really rom-com really came about pretty naturally during the pandemic. I was worried about losing all of my memories, especially those related to love and dating and the lessons that I learned from that. So I just decided one day to start writing everything down, everything that I remembered. It was for myself and potentially as a personal essay to get published in like a 17 or a Cosmo. And I sent it to a friend one day and she told me that this had the potential to be something so much greater. I was using it at first as a form of self-therapy to find Mm -hmm. closure with all these different guys and experiences from the past. But I soon realized that there really are no dating guides out there written by a teenager for teenagers. Mm. They're all written by experts or older women, which is great. But at the same time, teenagers need someone to level with and relate to. So I saw this void that I wanted to fill. I realized that all of these dating guides out there are telling people how they should date, who they should date, what you should do for your first kiss, what you should do for your first heartbreak. What I wanted to do is publish this book. Each chapter is dedicated to a different guy, a different dating experience, kind of like Sex and the City episodes. Love it. And have people read my experiences and take what they will from them. Best teacher's experience. It's not dictating people what they should do. So I help people learn through experience and at the same time, sprinkle in little pieces of advice along the way. Have you always been like a a journaler? Because you have written a lot and, you know, you wrote children's books, but have you always like kept a diary and a journal even when you were younger? I did when I was younger. It kind of faded over time. When I was younger, it was an everyday thing, probably just because I had more time in my schedule for it, honestly. Mm -hmm. But now I only really write in a diary when my emotions are running high because writing is still a form of therapy for me. So during the pandemic, I didn't keep a journal. This was kind of my journal. Like this was my way of keeping my thoughts in one place. So you, you know, you kind of were told like, this is going to be something bigger. You were working on this project. How did it go from a draft to publishing? So I worked on it for a really long time. A lot of these dating experiences actually were written like in the moment, the day of, the day after, So if I had a bad first date, I would run home and I'd write a chapter. 
or if an eight month long fling just went downhill literally the day of to cope with the heartbreak, I would write about it. So this book actually, it kind of started when I was 16. I wrote a journal entry about my first heartbreak and that chapter kind of turned into my book. So I wrote my book without even knowing when I was 16. But I had all these stories. I kind of put them all together. And then once it was all done or I was happy with the finished product, I reached out to my book agent from when I was eight. So (laughs) it had been like 12 years. I did not want to go through my mom. I wanted to do this all by myself. Mm. My mom didn't read my book until it looked like this, like until it was in this form. Wow. So I really wanted to do it all by myself. And I reached out to my book agent and I'm like, hi, remember me? Like I worked with you when I was eight. She's like, yeah, of course I remember you. And I'm like, okay, well, can I take you out for lunch? I have a pitch for you. And I sold her my book, basically. She decided to pitch it to a bunch of different publishers. Post Hill, Simon & Schuster was the one that was most passionate about it. And I feel like got the vision the most. So Mm -hmm. that's why I ultimately decided to go with them. But it was it was kind of a crazy process. I was turned down by several male book agents via email, because they didn't really get Mm -hmm. kind of the feminist aspect of this Mm -hmm. book. But my female book agent from when I was eight, really saw the vision, she got it. And she was passionate about it just as passionate as I am. So that's kind of how it turns into this. That's so fab. All right. I need to go back for a second though. So how open are you about your relationship life with like your mom and your parents? Or were they reading some of this stuff for the first time when they read your book? So I'm an only child. A lot of these experiences, they kind of knew. I also wear my emotions on my sleeve. So if I come home from a date and I'm heartbroken, I'll be running through the door crying. I don't really hold it in. (laughs) So my mom and I are really close. She kind of knew everything my dad kind of knew everything too. Like when you're an only child, if you're in a group of three, like it's it's really close. Yeah. So maybe like a few small details, like the more PG-13 stuff, maybe not. But you know, it is what it is. I was, I think, most nervous for my boyfriend to read the book. Oh, my God. parents, my parents, fine. Like they kind of knew everything. I feel like with my boyfriend, I was really worried like how he would feel like reading about these romantic experiences, like all my exes, but he was a good sport and he kind of came out of it and said to me, like, it's really impressive how you're able to convey your emotions in such a, I think he said, honest to the bone. That was his wording. Like it's just all right. He sounds like a good egg, actually. He's a good egg. (laughs) I mean, I think, I think, you know, I, my memoir came out when I was 40, so slightly older Uh than you. And there's still stuff in there. And when I'm writing that my parents didn't know about my oh my god, youth. And it's like really, even as like a grown woman with children now, I'm just like, I, sometimes I have to be like, oh God, I don't, I don't think I ever told my parents this story. And I was on a podcast the other day and I told the story of like getting in trouble for uh, this, having this guy who was smoking weed in my dorm room, my freshman year of college. And my parents oh my were like, god. I never knew that happened. They were they were <laughs> not happy. I'm like, it's okay. I'm a, I'm a grown woman now. It's all totally fine. It but happens. <laughs> it is definitely a thing. Okay. So you mentioned sex in the city. I know yeah. that that is connected to you. That is the inspiration for your name. Is that right? Yeah. For so I was Carrie, for Carrie. Yeah. Have you watched the series? Of course. Yeah. Okay. I mean, growing up, like I, I didn't really know what it was. I was also like, too young to watch it. Mm-hmm. I talk about this in the intro to my book. I actually like went out with Sarah Jessica's son for a bit. 
I saw that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I had no idea like who she was at all. I, I just knew her as, you know, his mom. Yeah. And, you know, she was serving me banana juice and she's cool mom. And I later learned that I was named after her and she's a complete icon. So I've really like kind of stepped into the responsibility that is being named after Carrie Bradshaw. I mean, I don't know if you know the skirt on this cover. This is the actual skirt from the set of Sex in the City. This is like that the is size double zero. Amazing. Oh my God. But also that's amazing. So, you know, so you watch the series, which was this really like beautiful kind of iconic time capsule of what love was like. Yeah. And how do you think that love and dating are different now for your generation? I mean, we're living in a digital age. I think that's the the most obvious reason. We are in the world of dating apps where everyone meets each other online these days. I think at first I was very opposed to that. I just dreamed of running into someone on the street and falling in love. But we meet each other online these days on Hinge, on Tinder, on what else is there? Bumble. So I feel like just leaning into that is important if mm-hmm. you're a Gen Z in this dating world. But at the same time, even though dating online is dangerous sometimes, you never know who you'll meet, you know, you can be catfished. I think Gen Z is smart mm-hmm. and we know our worth. We've been through so much, especially over the past few years, we know our worth. So if we see something, on a dating app that's fishy, we're able to call bullshit like that. Yeah. So that, that's, I think, the main, main mm-hmm. difference. Do you think that men are the same as the men that were portrayed in that series? Do you think they're more evolved now? I like to think, hopefully. No. No? <laughs> no. They're just the same. <laughs> yeah, I think you find a lot of weirdos out there. As I was writing my book, I was like, you know, these men could fit in the world of sex in the city. Like some of these experiences I feel like would happen to Carrie or Miranda or Charlotte Mm -hmm. or Samantha. There's like one experience in particular in my book where like I kiss a guy and he's a fly on his tooth. (gasps) And I was like, that is so specific. Like you just, you can't make that up. Like that's the type of thing that like would fit in sex in the city world. Like something that is so crazy. Oh my God. It feels like fiction, but it's real. And yeah, it's, I don't know. This is literally like, I like to say it's the Gen Z sex in the city because people our age, we don't, we don't have anything like this. We have sex in the city and sex in the city is fiction or it's based on Candace Bushnell's life. But I really wanted to kind of fill that void. Like 13 year olds don't have a sex in the city. This is the sex in the city for Gen Z. So we've talked about why the book is important for teenage girls to read and the messages they can take away. But why do you think this book is important for a mom like me and the other moms that are listening to this? I think for multiple reasons. Teenage life is complicated and adulting is complicated. And if you want to understand your kid a little bit better, this is the perfect way to read about what dating life is like and kind of get a glimpse inside the head of a teenager who is going through it. And at the same time, this book is a really great conversation starter between moms and daughters to open up that conversation about love, dating, intimacy, sex in a natural way without feeling like you're interrogating your child. It's a way to kind of gift your child something and say to them, you know, learn through this. If you have any questions, you're able to talk to me. It's an open conversation. I feel like a lot of the time we feel like you have to have 
the talk with your child and it's so much pressure and kind of makes it like so taboo like to talk about but this is natural it's you know a fun conversation it shouldn't be something so difficult to talk about I feel very encouraged by that. And actually giving my children a book about a hard topic and then being like, read this and let's talk about it after is 100% my parenting strategy. So that works very well for me. Great. So this episode is airing alongside a version of the newlywed game that I'm playing with my husband. We've been together almost 20 years. We met at 22, so not much older than... Congratulations. Thank you very much. And we did, well, actually, I won't spoil how we did in the newlywed game because everyone's going to listen to it after this. But, you know, I would love to know what you feel you have learned about love at this stage in your life. You know, if there's one or a couple key takeaways about love, you know, what would they be? Well, I love this question. I've learned a lot. I'm only 20, but I've learned a lot. The whole book's worth it. So I'd say the number one thing I learned is that it all starts with yourself. It starts from within. I think I was spending so much time chasing guys outwards, relying on people for love to make me feel special when it had to come from within. You hear all the time, you can't love others until you love yourself. But I really break down in my book what that means. To Mm -hmm. me, it ties in very closely to my anxiety journey. When I was at my lowest, that's when I really learned to stand in my truth and to love all parts of myself, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I think the main thing I learned about love is that once you're able to be comfortable in all aspects of yourself, that's when you're able to extend that self-love outwards and love others. And eventually, you know, once you're comfortable with a partner, hopefully be able to share that part of yourself with them and feel comfortable talking about those parts of yourself that aren't necessarily pretty. So that's that's really what I've learned. That's kind of the conclusion. I love it. You're so wise for a 20-year-old. I'm sure you're getting that a lot on this book tour. Before we have to wrap up, I want to, you to just tell me a little bit about your anti-bullying activism work and kind of why that's been so important to you and what you hope, you know, is, is that message part of what you want people to take away from the book, especially teenage girls? Sure. So I worked with No Bully. I started working with them a long time ago. They're a nonprofit teaching kids how to practice empathy from a young age, really going into schools from as early as kindergarten and instilling those tools in children, which is really important. It's not being done enough. So that's an organization I've supported over the years, especially as I've been cyberbullied over social media. Very important. In the book, I don't talk about being bullied as much. I think in the intro, though, the main thing that I try to get across is, you know, just because I have a following on social media doesn't mean I'm bulletproof. It doesn't mean, you know, my life is perfect. I say in my intro, I'm presenting to you the version of me behind those cheesy TikTok voiceovers and product reviews. Like I'm, I'm just like you. And that, that includes bullying. I mean, this is something that teenage teenagers go through when it's hard. So this is, I think the main thing is just showing the real me in this book. You know, life is not happiness and rainbows all the time, whether it's related to my anxiety or self-love journey or dating, you know, life isn't perfect, but teenagers need to hear that message because they're not alone. Terry, I love that. And I have loved the chance to chat with you. And I'm so excited to see where you go next. You have this like amazing career ahead of you. And I can't wait to read what you do next. So thank you so much for being on Extra Shot today. Thank you. 
Well, this week's episode is all about love. And it happens to coincide with my 16th wedding anniversary. And I know what you're thinking. Did I get married at two because I look so young? But no, that is not the case. So in honor of my anniversary, I invited invited some very special people to the podcast. We're going to play a game. You might know it. It's called the newlywed game. And uh, I'm going to play it with my oldie wed, Carlos Miranda. Carlos, welcome to Extra Shot. Thank you very much for having me, Alicia. It's a pleasure to be here. He has been begging to be on the podcast, so you must be delighted. I mean, begging is a very strong word. I was like, hey, babes, how about having me on the podcast? And you were like, that sounds great. So, well, I, sure. I think we're clear, we clearly remember things differently, which is going to bode very well for this game. And we needed a host so who could be a completely neutral third party because both Carlos and I are very competitive and want to win. And so I thought of no one better than my maid of honor and the owner of the hotel, Peter and Paul in New Orleans, the beautiful, the brilliant Natalie Jordy. Natalie, welcome to Extra Shot. Thank you. And I just want to say for the record that I'm on Carlos's team. <laughs> so I'm already starting out with a disadvantage. They're so mean to me. Why, why do I even let them do this? This is my show. I get to pick the rules. No. So guys, before we start the game uh, and I explain the rules, I want to ask you, It's I know it's been a minute, but what is your most vivid memory of our wedding? You're asking me? Both of you. I'm going to say the purple dress that you made us all wear. You looked gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you very much. Carlos, what about you? I'm going to say, I mean... I know you're going to get me in trouble for not saying something just about you, but I'm going to say our big dance number, like obviously we wanted to just throw a big party when we were 25, we were planning the wedding when we were 20, 24, we wanted, we were just interested in having a giant party and that's what we did. And my favorite moments are like you and me with like Nat and a bunch of other people on the dance floor. And I think those are also my favorite pictures. Like it just looked like you look at our wedding album and our wedding pictures and it just looks like we we had an amazing time because we did have an amazing, it was a great party. It was, it was a great party. Well, I have so many. I remember how sweaty we all got dancing. It was sweaty. It was was like a, it was a dance party you have in your 20s. That's how you know you're having a good time. I was wearing white. Probably the only time I've ever worn white to a party because of the frequency on which I spill things on myself. The one that came to my mind, even though there are so many, was when you caught the bouquet, Natalie, and then you tried to throw it back. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Oh, I'm glad was... I didn't marry the person I came to your wedding with. I'm also That's... glad. I think we're all glad. I think we're, you're including your current I, husband. I think we're all glad on that. I think everybody's <laughs> glad. All right, so... We're going to play the newlywed game. This is how it works. Natalie has selected some questions that she is going to ask us uh, in turn. And we have to answer the question about the other person and you have to match what that person says. So essentially, does your partner's opinion of you or memories of the facts match your own? Uh, We're going to score points, obviously, because it's a competition. Obviously. And what other rules are there? Oh, we don't know the questions. I sent Natalie a gigantic list from like Brides Magazine or whatever of like 65 newlywed game questions. So both Carlos and I... It was like a thousand newlywed questions and I read them all. And I picked the very best ones. You're so good. Oh God, God, I'm a little bit scared. I just thought maybe you were going to select the first 10, which I read, but oh no. Okay. So is everybody ready? I'm ready. Yep. All right. I'm going to turn it over to our hostess. Natalie, take us away. Thanks, everyone. Really glad to be here. Question number one for Carlos. If Alicia was a Disney character, who would she be? 
Easy. If you give him the easy, easy. questions, me the hard ones, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I'm really wondering what he's going to come up with and what you've come up with. All right. I'm going to go. Don't put Stitch. Okay. That's not <laughs> it. <laughs> Lumiere. It's definitely Lumiere. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, actually. All right. Show us your answer. I'm ready. And read it out. Bell. I also put Bell. Oh, yes. Yes. There were not that many brunette Disney princesses when I was growing up. So, and she liked to read. I didn't say Disney princess. Well, you know. Oh, come on. You were going to be a princess. She was going to be a princess. (laughs) Come on. You met her. Okay. Okay. All right. That's one point for Carlos, begrudgingly. Correct. All right. Question for Alicia. When you first met Carlos, describe what you first thought of him in one word. Ready? <laughs> yeah. Show your card. Yeah. All right. My answer is geek. <laughs> wow. I'm guessing that's not what you thought. Handsome stranger. Let's see. I mean, I just said <laughs> sexy. Let's be honest. <laughs> sexy. Okay. I mean, that is some revisionist history. I mean, also wow. you, you can be you can be a geek, a sexy. You can geek. be a sexy geek. Oh, now fact, I think Carlos is a sexy geek. That's like my that's my brand. I'm like, yeah, sexy buff geek. Let's be honest. That's what I'm going for. Okay, I now think you are a sexy geek. But when we first met, and I showed up jet lagged to this Wagamama in Leicester Square in London, and you were like, "Let me tell you everything I know about Star Trek." Hmm. Whoa, that did not ha- like you what? opened with Star Trek, Carlos. It, Ooh, it was it was immediate it was immediate. It was almost immediate. <laughs> that is some revisionist history right here, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Like, that's some game right there. The best thing is I can I can edit this afterward and just make it so it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> I'm crazy with power. All right. I did not get a point for that, unfortunately. Although now I know I need to be thinking what Carlos would say instead of what the real answer is. So we're gonna do that. All right. Nat, question three. Next question, Carlos. What is Alicia's best personality trait? Ooh, personality traits. All right. I don't know if this is a personality trait. All right, I think it might be. Yeah, I think, I think, all right, I can do this. Ready? Go. Yeah. Fun. Oh. Oh. Alicia, what did you do? Have fun. I put smart. I mean, all right, you're taking the bell thing a little too, a li- it's, a, <laughs> it's a little too on the nose now. All right, all right. Well, don't be mad because you didn't get it right. But you're still wow, winning. Don't be our score, our current score is one zero. But exactly. now's the time I'm now this is the time I'm gonna catch up. All right, Alicia. What is Carlos's favorite smell? I think I know this one. We're gonna keep it G-rated. This is a family show. <laughs> it's actually not a family show, but yes, let's keep it G-rated. In case our children listen to this one day. All right, Carlos, do you have your answer? I do. Okay. It. it was a it was a toss-up between two, but I have gone I- with Frying onions. Mm. I said frying garlic or onions. So wow. <laughs> very impressive. The smell oh, of garlic is quite an aphrodisiac in our house, I will say. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'm with you there. Okay. All right, we're tied one one. That's not bad. 16 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Am I the beast in this scenario? Is this what we're is, that, is this what we're going for? No, no. You're more like Gaston. <laughs> no, I'm just you're the teapot. We'll do a whole nother episode of what Disney character are you at a later date. Stay tuned for season two, guys. That's what's going to happen. All right. Okay, next question. Carlos, what is Alicia's most prized possession? The item that she would save in a fire, apart from you, of course, Ooh. and the children. 
I mean, it wouldn't be me. So that's that's how we know. <laughs> a thing, right? Like an inanimate Possession, object. An item. Okay. Yeah, not, not, Kira. not Kira, which is probably what I would have said. She's not inanimate. Okay. Can I, can I ask a clarifying question? If she's yeah. wearing it all the time, I count. That's what I was going to say, actually. Wow. I know. I know. Which was, my, which was my wedding rings because I do. I never take them off. But then I figured that she would. I think you should get a point for that, actually. I feel like you guys prepared for this segment by going through all 1,000 questions and like discussing them individually. We actually, we were having this conversation with some friends at dinner earlier this week about how our friend Emily was saying that uh, sometimes she does prepare for an eventual newlywed game with her wife by like saying things that they, we're both on the same page about this one answer, right? So, but no, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. I think you, I think you should get it. I think you get a point for that. Yeah. I, I think, think you so. both get a point for that. We both get a point? She doesn't get a point. I get a point too? Okay. No, Alyssa doesn't get a point. No, oh, sorry. It's sorry. two one. Yes, I'm sorry. Carlos gets a point. My bad. All right. She did ask the clarifying question that revealed the same answer, yeah. but okay. I'm on team Carlos. Carlos gets the point. You're supposed to be exactly. an independent third party. This is rigged. If I lose, if I win, it's not rigged at all. Okay, Alicia, who would play Carlos in a movie? It's funny you should ask that. That is a regular topic of conversation in our house. Yeah, this is probably another one you guys are prepared to answer. Okay, well, I know who I want to play him, and then there's the person that everybody else is. Okay. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So my personal preference, if there are any casting directors out there listening, would be the handsome, the talented Oscar Isaac. But everybody says Mark Ruffalo. I, I think that Mark Ruffalo is, I think he's too old to play you. He is too I, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm, yes. But do you remember that one time we went to lunch with someone and who was it? What's her face? Uh, we went to lunch with somebody and the moment I sat down, they're like, oh my God, you look just like Mark Ruffalo. And I don't see it, but everybody, it happens so a many lot. people, a lot. They're like, oh, that was, I was like, okay. I just, I just Googled them both and I, and I can see it. I see, I see it for both of them. All right. Exactly. exactly. All right. Next question. Okay, we're on question seven, and we are tied two-two. Mm, this question is for. Wait, I've lost track. Who's this question Carlos. for? For Carlos. Carlos, if Alicia were an animal, which would it be? I have to put myself like I have an answer for that, but I need to get the point. So I'm going to think of like what Alicia thinks. <laughs> well, then it's two answers then, because I'm curious about both. Oh, I don't know if I want to know the first one. No, you don't want to. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. I'm going to go with dolphin. <laughs> By the way, I can guarantee you that if Brett and I played this game, all of our answers would be different, even though we've lived together for years and years. So I do think that there are some things that you just know about each other like forever. I'm actually, I'm very, I'm very proud of our performance so far. As I a team, agree. we're killing it. I think we you are guys killing it. A little bit less reliable, or people are going to think that we've staged this whole thing. This is why I needed a third party candidate in here because I wanted to make sure they knew that you you are you are a pillar of morality, Natalie. So no That's one true. would think we could corrupt you beforehand with the questions. All right, I'm we have not colluded here. We have not <laughs> colluded here. Okay, so right. that was question seven. Okay, now we're on question eight. Okay, um, Carlos, what is no, my, question, Al- my question? My question. Oh, sorry, sorry, Alicia, what is Carlos's favorite emoji. <laughs> Again, we're keeping it G-rated. Then she's gonna have to change it. Do you have your answer? <laughs> Let's see it. Hold on. Are you done? Yeah. Go. It's the eggplant emoji. Exactly. It's the <laughs> eggplant emoji. 
Because you can, it, it, it's very versatile. <laughs> very versatile. Kids, if you're listening, it's because we love vegetables. Yeah. You should eat them all the time. And they're really Baba good. ganoush. It's all about the baba ganoush. Okay. We are tied 3-3 three, three at question eight. I feel like we need a tiebreaker question. Maybe we both have to answer it for each other and see how we do. What do you think? Great. Okay. Guys, when did you know that the other was the one? <laughs> Oh, I actually think both our answers might be the same for this. Although, I, how embarrassing is it going to be if it's not? Alicia's writing a novel. I know, always. Freaking bell over here. Literally. Literally. It's actually embarrassing because I can't remember a key detail, but... We're just talking about time, right? We're not talking about, like, specific events. Oh, okay. Or we, or I'll put time. I'll put my time stamp as well. Well, I mean, it's the incident, you know, the the where okay. you were. When did All you right. know? You ready? Yeah. I, I put a bit time, but okay, let's see. All right. I put two weeks into dating. Yeah, two weeks. In Carlos's bedroom, watching a movie that he knew Correct. all the words to. What movie was it, though? I don't remember. That I don't remember. I'm sure it had star in the title. Maybe, but I don't know. I was going through like a real Tarantino phase right oh, after Oh, maybe it was right a Tarantino college. movie. But yeah, I and think like that was two, two weeks. Two weeks into our relationship. That was it. 20, 22, 22 years old. 23, 22. When you know, you know. When you know, you know. Like 20 years ago. So since we tied, beautiful thing. It feels like the winner is both of us. The winner is both of you. And and you guys, it's been amazing to have a front row seat to your gorgeous relationship. It's a it's a privilege to know you both. That's one word for it. But Team Carlos. Exactly. Team Carlos. Carlos wins. Happy 16th anniversary, babe. Uh, happy 16th anniversary, babes. And thank you both for joining we, us. We, we, Are you still talking? What? <laughs> <laughs> I love you both. Thank you so much for coming on Extra Shot. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today to Extra Shot with Alicia Fernandez-Miranda. A special shout out to the team at Texture Sound for all their support. If you're in the mood for more of me, pick up a copy of my What If Year, which is out now in bookstores everywhere. Sign up for my mailing list on aliciafmiranda.com or find me on Instagram at aliciafmiranda. I can promise news, views, and memes about Gilmore Girls. If you have feedback, ideas for upcoming segments, burning questions, things you need advice on, please reach out. And otherwise, we'll catch you on the next Extra Shot.